Hello and Yokoso. Coming to you from Bentonko in Kyoto, Japan, this is Thomas. And this is Julianne. And you're listening to Japanese Food, a podcast where we talk to chefs, writers, creatives, and other international experts on Japanese food culture. On today's podcast, we are doing something a little different. Today is just Julianne and me. Though we're by no means experts, we both love Japanese food and wanted to chat about our favorite dishes, 2022 food trends, and share some controversial food opinions. So stay tuned. All right, let's dive in. So for today's podcast, it's just you and me, Thomas. Yes. So. We wanted to share some of our own thoughts and experiences with Japanese food, what's been on our mind, you know, what good things we've been eating here in, here in Kyoto. So, yeah, let's get started. Great. Let's go. Okay.、Um, so, Thomas, I'm curious,、mm-hmm. what is your favorite Japanese food? Oh, that's a hard question. I- I'm not sure. There's not like one.、Mm-hmm. Favorite Japanese food, and you know, like lately, I'm actually like preparing like someone visiting from France, first time in Kyoto, and and I'm like preparing like this food tour for him. And there's so many places I want to go,、mm. and actually, it's not only about Japanese food, t h e r e s also like you know, the Japanese、uh, yoshoku, so the westernized Japanese food as well that I really love、mm-hmm. here. And I think, like, you know, like. Like all the, the comfort food in Japan,、uh, like teshoku, it could be like either like pork or chicken katsu and like grilled fish. All these like basic teshoku things you can also like have at home、mm-hmm. in Japan. I, I really love that.、Mm. And、uh, mm. I'm not a big fan of sushi, I guess maybe because I'm, we are in Kyoto and there's not, not like very good but not expensive sushi here.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I really love Kyoto style sushi, like、uh, saba sushi,、mm. uh, the salty pressed mackerel on, on rice. It's, it's very good.、Um, what else? Yeah, I mean, so many things I, I really like here, actually. Yeah, and, and you've been living here for how many years? Is it no, now? Almost 20 years now. Yeah. 20 years, wow. So, I, I'm sure throughout your time living in Kyoto, your preferences. For what you like have changed as well. Yes, definitely. What, what, did you first, what were your first impressions of Japanese food when you arrived here 20 years ago? When I, I'm the first time I came to travel, I remember vividly the first okonomiyaki I had.、Oh. And the restaurant is still here in Kyoto. I forgot the name, sadly. It's probably not the best okonomiyaki you can get, but it's like traditional. I think they are like,、uh, Doing this one for like 60 years, over 60, or at least over 50 years.、Mm. They don't have mayonnaise on the、oh, <laughs> top.、Okay. Yeah, interesting. Right? It's like quite traditional. There's not many cheese topping or like mayonnaise sauce to put on it. It's more classic、um, style. Yeah, classic.、Uh, in a classic style old house s in Kyoto.、Um, so I remember that very well. Also, like when I was a student here, I remember like. Going to Fresco every, every, every evening <laughs> and getting the same pack of rice and uh, um, fried fish, white fish,、uh, ev- almost every day、um, with a lot of lemon on that. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not like really typical Japanese, it's something 
that I really appreciated was when I was a student with, you know, not a lot of money, but, you know, just like comfort food. Mm. A lot of fries, fried fish on, on the top and, and some lemon. Nice. Yeah, fresco <laughs> is that, uh, I think it's a Kyoto or maybe Kansai-specific grocery. Mm. Yeah, it's store. not everywhere in Japan. Yeah. So if anyone's vis visiting, you'll see some fresco. The supermarket, a small supermarket in town. Mm. Yeah. I, and what about you? Uh, you have been in Japan, not in Japan? Yes, I was born here and then kind of have moved moved around a bit. Um, but for me, I was thinking about this question and I it's, it is a hard question because there's so many delicious foods that I like. But for me, I would say it is a type of nabe called kiritampo, mm. kiritampo nabe. Okay. And the reason I chose this is because it's something that my mother would make for us growing up. So it has kind of a nostalgic uh, feel to mm. it. And also whenever she visits us in Kyoto, she will often bring the ingredients for this nabe on the airplane with her from Ooh. Sendai, where she lives, okay. and make it for us. And Kiritampo nabe is a nabe that's specific to Tohoku region, specifically mm. Akitaken. And that's where my mother spent some of her childhood. Mm. So she grew up eating that. And it is made from this uh, type of rice cake, rice, like pounded rice mm. called kiritampo. That is uh, rice pounded until it's soft. And then it's, um, it's uh, put on like a type of skewer made of akita cedar cedar wood mm. and then it's grilled so you get this kind of like a bit toasty outside and then chewy uh, center mm. and then you put that in the nabe with some chicken dashi and maitake mushrooms and konnyaku and mm. gobo burdock root negi mm. and then uh, sedi which is a type of Japanese herb I think it's called Japanese watercress and what's okay. unique also is that you eat the roots as well. Ooh. So it looks a bit wild <laughs> for the appearance. <laughs> um, but it's just overall, it becomes this very comforting, almost like a maybe equivalent would be like a chicken, chicken soup mm. with dumplings or something in the Western yeah. world. But it's just very comforting. You know, it's not very strong flavor, but it's just really nice in the cold winter night. The mm. uh, steam coming from the nabe and you eat it together with your family. So... I would have to say that is my favorite Japanese food. Oh, yeah, I guess also it's because of the like preparation of the nabe, the way you eat that with all your family on the table. I think it has special, uh, it's not only about the taste, but the way you, you prepare and you eat that dish yeah. that make it special, right? Yes, I think, yeah, for, for all kinds of nabe, that's what makes it so so special, I think. So mm. it, it exists, it, like hot pot exists in other countries too, and I mm. think it's popular for that for that reason. Yeah, like a fondue as well in France, you ah, know, cheese yeah. fondue. Yeah. <laughs> that's the French nabe, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if, if, Not that healthy, but... <laughs> delicious, though. Okay. And th how did you grill the... the the rice uh, yeah so traditionally this is made like uh back in the olden days i mean this kiritampo nabe supposedly uh, originated about like 200 more than 200 years ago in the mountains of akita in these mm. homes where people had hearths kind of like yeah. a, um a 
a stove, not a stove, but like a fire inside mm. your house. So that yeah, people, inside the house. Yeah, yeah, so people would grill it there. But um, mm. today, uh, su- surprisingly, now they are starting to sell kiritampo at some supermarkets, even in Kyoto. So I've been able to buy it here. Just it comes like in a plastic pack and okay. it's ready made. So it's really convenient. But you grill them in the open toaster toaster oh this one you can just put directly like it's kind of already okay. formed so you can okay. just already put it okay. inside the nabe I see. Uh, but i guess if you want to get it extra kind of chewy mm. or golden you could toast it yeah i see interesting mm. so yeah for anyone coming to japan in the colder months uh, i'd recommend trying nabe if you get the chance it's a good good food so many comfort food to eat during winter in Japan, there's less, less people visiting Japan in, in January and February. So, mm. yeah, it's definitely a, a good time to, to visit. And I'm sure like a lot of people love ramen, right? And uh, and there's so many different ramen to try in Japan, in any town, right? Mm. I was watching yesterday on NHK, they talk about how uh, tonkotsu, ramen, mm-hmm. tonkotsu ramen, which is from Hakata, mm-hmm. Fukuoka. And last year, there were more than tonkotsu not non tokotsu ramen shop opening in in town uh-huh. in sim it's one of the first time it happened there's more and more people like who like more like um, uh, like lighter ah, ramen okay. broth and like so shio ramen like salty uh, broth soup ramen mm. shoyu ramen become more and more popular but you don't want to have tonkotsu ramen maybe every week yeah it's too heavy uh, yeah so it was interesting uh, and they also talk about how like actually like many people coming from different area of region of japan moving to fukuoka because yeah, it's an attractive town and so yeah they are not used to have tonkotsu ramen uh you know uh, often mm. so that's why like lighter ramen are more and more popular coming in in japan and not only there actually i think mm. i think i remember there was a time when a uh, tori paitan ramen was also getting mm. quite popular and that's kind of like a creamy chicken broth based yeah. one which is in my mind it's like kind of a lighter uh, mm. version of tonkotsu um but yeah. that's also really good yeah even in kyoto i've seen Last year, I tried a different, different style of shiwaramen is popular here, right? Mm. You've got also like only um, chicken broth ramen. So if you don't eat pork, if you don't eat beef, it's, <laughs> it's convenient. Oh, okay. um, fish broth ramen is a thing. And of course, the tantan tan men, which is not maybe technically a ramen, but um, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Tantan men. Yeah, and also the like a shiru nashi ramen kind of a... Uh, noodles without the broth and you just i think that's also taiwanese influence that came here. oh really okay yeah that's also good i've never tried that actually yet you know there's so many things yeah <laughs> so many things to it in kyoto there's the ramen street so yes. if you're a ramen fanatic that's the place to go you can look north there. northeast of kyoto bit, um, starting almost from kyoto university campus mm. yoshida and up to sugar queen station uh-huh. There's this street with maybe yeah about ten different ramen shop and one some of them are very uh, popular and, and on weekends I think you have to wait like one two hours uh-huh. to uh-huh. for lunch. <laughs> well yeah it's uh, and I think actually like ten kaipin which is uh, like mm-hmm. they have like probably like hundreds of different stores all across Japan. Yeah the chain. St- uh, chain. Yeah a chain ten kaipin origin is from from this street. 
Oh, really? I didn't know that. It's、mm. a it's a Kyoto Kyoto brand. Yes. Tenka Ippin.、Yes. I think it's、Tenka、all、Ipin. over Japan now too. Yeah, I think、mm. so. And that also is famous for their thick broth kind of. It it's a bit yeah. It's too thick for me. Yeah. I, when I was a student, I used to go there.、Mm. I can't anymore. <laughs> too much. <laughs> So speaking、okay. of some popular foods, I wanted to also look back on 2022 and see what were the trends in food in Japan.、Mm. Um, so one thing that I noticed a lot this year was oatmeal everywhere, and、Wait. oatmeal、uh, at konbini. I think I first noticed this at konbini. At the convenience stores, where in the section where they have all the instant ramen and soups, there's also now instant oatmeal that you can buy in Japanese、Ooh. convenience stores. And what is so interesting are the flavors. I think in America and maybe France as well, oatmeal when you eat oatmeal like porridge, it's often sweetened.、Uh, mm. But in Japan, they went very much the savory route, very salty.、Ooh. So the type of flavors that are available are like mentaiko fish eggs, <laughs> or umeboshi a pickled plum. I also、Ooh. saw one;、um, it was scallops and butter flavored. Whoa, <laughs> interesting! So I did a little bit of research, and it seems like、uh, oatmeal was first introduced.、Um, Well, I mean, it's it's available. It's been available at some grocery stores from several years ago, but it became quite popular in twenty. 20, uh, 2020, when some YouTubers were recommending it as a health food, and since、okay. then, in these past couple years, it's gotten more and more popular as an alternative、mm. to rice, basically. Okay. So people.、Uh, oh. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I think I, because of maybe the salty thing is is popular because here in Japan also okayu, so like rice porridge is、uh, is quite you know. Uh, popular exactly,、mm. and and so I guess yeah, if it you want to replace rice, but、well, yeah, rice porridge also like something salty, right? You're gonna、uh, put some herbs inside. Yeah, so yeah, it's basically thought of as like a fiber-rich, healthier version of okayu. <laughs> okay. <laughs>、um, so I saw some recipes. You know, people are putting like natto and kimchi and、mm. like canned tuna into their oatmeal,、okay. making it kind of like porridge or risotto style, putting some、mm. cheese.、Um, so it seemed like. It also coincided with the pandemic times. Kind of people were wanting to lose some of the weight that they gained staying at home.、Mm. So instead of rice, instead of like、um, you know the carbs that aren't the fiber rich, they wanted to try、mm. something a little bit healthier. So it became popular also among women for weight loss as well. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Want, Thank you. I didn't know about that. I wonder, yeah, what、uh, foreign,、uh, you know, people who are used to eating oatmeal as a sweet thing. I wonder what they would think、uh, trying trying out a, a salty. Yeah, I, I didn't thought we could like put、uh, fish eggs in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But I guess it's just a mind. You have to just change your mindset and think of it as、mm. this is rice.、Mm. Something I maybe I, I'm thinking a bit too. Negative about this trend in Japan, thinking that, you know, like, Mr. Big Boss of Konbini decided to like this year it has to be this. You know,、mm. <laughs> while yeah, maybe it's coming from YouTube, social media. I'm not sure about that, but yeah, it's it's interesting that every year we got something new,、uh, 
and and uh, yeah, if you don't make any research, we don't really understand where it's coming from. But yeah, suddenly it's everywhere mm. in Kombini. Yeah, in it's suddenly it's everywhere. Yeah. Yes, yes. Another one of those things are canale. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Canale. Canale. Yes, canale. Um, so this has is everywhere also in Japan, and apparently mm. there was an initial. Um, fascination with kanale in 1990 and now it's kind okay. of like a cycle like okay after you know 30 years or so we're we're it's time for another boom for kanale mm. um interesting yeah i i i'm not uh entirely sure why it got so popular but one one possible reason is that there was a french man in fukuoka who started selling kanale and that okay. became very popular in fukuoka and it seemed to spread elsewhere as well um, but mm. I am not entirely sure what 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 it is. <laughs> because you know, you you said it was popular even in 1990. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had any kanle while I was living in France in the 90s. Really? <laughs> it's it's really like from Bordeaux, mm. and one of my brother moved to Bordeaux, and I think the first time I tried a kanle because he brought some kanle back from Bordeaux, but in in where I used to live is. I mean, you you can you can buy any candy there, huh. so and and it, I was so surprised when I arrived in Japan to see like some candies. This past year, even at Combini, a convenience store having mm -hmm. candy, and in many French uh, bakery as well. What, yeah, it's it's not like that everywhere in France actually. Mm. <laughs> so it's almost like easier like, to find candy in, in Japan than in France probably. Wow, for those who don't know, can you explain what candy is? Mm -hmm. How you said it's uh, pastry, French sweet. It has to to be cooked in um, a special. Um, how you say like a mold, like a, a mold, and uh, yeah, exactly. And um, it's it's a bit chewy inside. It's it's very sweet. Um, how you said I think some most of the time they put a bit of vanilla essence in, in it so yeah it's very good <laughs> mm. we should put some some pictures on our yes. uh, instagram of course definitely mm, we can do that yeah it is mm. it's uh i'm i'm also kind of puzzled by why it's so popular it's a pretty like simple sweet it's just kind of like a um i i think there's eggs in it too kind of just like a simple like oh yeah, uh, yeah. it's almost like custardy, custard yes. inside yes and, in the middle and i guess in japan like pudding and those kind of eggy desserts are very popular i think mm. so maybe along that same category became popular but uh, i'm also maybe it's like oh a fancy french dessert so it has that appeal as well yeah it's not that fancy actually uh, -huh. <laughs> uh i mean i mean yeah in bordeaux actually there's like one famous pastry doing only that mm. and the it's it's a bit expensive, but it's very good, and uh, it's perfect with co with with your coffee, uh -huh. you know, at the end. Of. And um, yeah, the, the inside is a bit almost like custard cream, mm. and the outside is a uh, is well grilled. Um, so it makes the difference of texture between the outside and inside is interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the shape is cute too, which is important the shape in is, Japan. Exactly. That's why, and also, I think in France you're gonna find canle only like you know basic canle. Maybe there's vanilla inside. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not a specialist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably is vanilla and rum um, flavor, and maybe sometimes they can make one with chocolate flavor. Ooh. But that's all. Okay. While in Japan you're gonna find 
matcha cannelle, uh, ichigo, like strawberry cannelle, chocolate, and there are many different um, type of cannelle flavors for sure. Well, I guess in France, a bit sacré, sacré, mm, <laughs> and sugar. you don't want to touch the, the recipe. Ah, so it's okay. basically made of flour, milk, uh, egg yolk, butter, vanilla, rum, and sugar. Mm. Now I, and I it's, not that ex, uh, it's not that, it's not that, well, it's since the first candle we are made in 1937. Okay. Hmm. So not, not too long ago, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not yet 100 years old. Speaking of rum, I heard that rum is also gaining popularity in Japan. I haven't really seen that many like rum specific bars or anything like that, but that's also kind of a prediction for 2023. There's going to be more mm. focus on rum in Japan. Maybe. Um, I've actually heard about like um, there's a distillery doing rum in Okinawa. Oh, okay. And it yeah, I think they starting like um, a few years ago. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's a thing. There's now like made in Japan rum, oh. and uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense for, for it to be in Okinawa using the sugar, like they grow sugar cane exactly. there as well. So yeah, the distillery called Iejima distillery in Okinawa since two thousand eleven. Okay. Yep. Uh, I'm not a specialist, but yeah, it's. I think it's one of the first rum made in Japan. Oh, okay. Well, maybe mm. in 2023, there'll be some like rum-flavored desserts becoming popular and at Konbini as well. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah. So one, one other popular thing that I wanted to share about also for 2022 was Yakult 1000. Did you yes. hear about this, Thomas? Yes, I, I had actually one two days ago oh really okay you got your <laughs> yes. hands on it it's 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 not easy to find one right yeah and i forgot where we got it but probably maybe fresco okay. and yeah okay yeah. finally so yeah last year 2022 this was like the most in-demand drink in japan and it was sold out mm. everywhere people were on like waiting lists so eager wow. to have it um but the appeal of it is that it supposedly has effect to help you sleep better and to reduce your stress which mm. is a you know of course everybody wants that especially with you know covid all the craziness and kind of mm. lifestyle being disrupted and people having difficulty sleeping maybe extra stress so it seemed like that was a, a need that people were really mm. uh, yeah i think it's, it's good for your gut so mm -hmm. uh basically yeah like any yogurt or yogurt to drink and it seems as 1,000 more <laughs> yes. good things in it. So uh, That's why it's uh, apparently there are mm. 100 billion mm. of Yakult's unique lactic, act lactic acid bacteria, um, okay. that, which is called Shirota strains. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a lot. It, that's I can't even you know <laughs> understand how, how, how much there, there are. But uh, yeah, apparently that can really improve your health based I, on their I have to drink, yeah i have to drink a bit more to to to, to see that mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, for for those who aren't uh familiar with yakult it's like a small uh yogurt yogurty drink um that is sold everywhere for quite a while in japan and also mm. um there are yakult ladies they are employees of yakult who uh, go around house to house sometimes to sell these little drinks yeah bringing bringing to some business like every morning as well even mm. in kyoto i've seen that mm. um seen them uh 
riding the bicycle, bringing Yakult to some yeah, offices. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. A very uh, unique business model, I think. Mm, yeah, I, I'd be interested in learning more about the history of Yakult mm. too, because it's been around yeah. for so long. This podcast is brought to you by Vento & Co. Based in beautiful Kyoto, Japan, Vento & Co. has been helping people around the world eat healthier, reduce their environmental impact, and save money with authentic Japanese bento boxes since 2008. Discover bento boxes, cookware, food, and more at en.bentoandco.com or click the link in our show notes and use code PODCAST for 10% off your first order. Along, along those lines, it seems like there's been more of interest in foods to improve like your mood or to have some benefits. So that seems mm. to be a trend also moving into 2023. Um, at Konbini also, they started to sell some breads that are called kanzen shoku, like a perfect meal. So it has like protein okay. and different. Oh, yeah. So that seems to be a trend also, of like kind of quick fix to all of your nutritional needs for the day which I personally don't think is the best approach to nutrition. No, <laughs> Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I've seen this, this brand called Base. Yes. Mm -hmm. Base food, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they're selling that kind of food, but it's like really based on yeah, prote protein. Uh, like you can eat that and that's enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about the pleasure to, you know, about eating behind that. Yeah, idea, so. it's kind of like dog food approach. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, people are going to the gym every day. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's like seeing food as like providing you energy. Yeah, fuel. And, like, yeah, yeah. Fuel. Why? Yeah, I'm not sure about the taste. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't personally tried that type of bread or these types of. No. There's also a lot of like kind of like smoothie types drinks like that are getting more popular. Mm. I, I haven't really mm. tried. I'm not that interested. But I mean, I guess you know, if you're a busy, busy salary man, don't have time to cook or eat, then that's the that's uh, one of the solutions, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you're talking about kombini. Mm. So that will lead us to another segment of unpopular opinions about Japanese food. And Thomas, I believe that you had one yes. about kombini. Yeah, well, so kombini, com Japanese kombini are overrated. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get some pushback, I think, for that one. Yeah, so, you know, like, even myself, I'm going to kombini not every day, uh, much less, actually, like this past two, three years, I would say. Mm. And... But when you go there, you always find like something interesting. If you really look, you know, into like all the food section we have, you know, frozen food or not frozen food or fresh food and so on. There's always something interesting mm -hmm. because a lot of Japanese brands are very good at, you know, marketing. Yeah. And uh, so like a couple of days ago, I've seen this uh, Ikameshi uh, onigiri. Mm. And we talk about Ikameshi bento uh in our last, one of the last podcasts with um, Chef Tim Anderson, mm -hmm. right? So I was really interested, and I and and it, it's good. And like I, I like the tsunamayo onigiri as well from Seven Eleven. Mm. It's good, but like you've seen a lot of people really into Japan on social media on Twitter and so like talking about convenience, kombini food as like you know like a thing to try when when you're in Japan. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. You know, like also like a couple of years ago when. All these uh, poor journalists coming from uh, to 
in Tokyo for the uh, Tokyo Olympics. Mm -hmm. Actually, like one of the only place they were allowed to, to, to buy food mm. <laughs> uh, we have a conven convenience store and uh, they enjoyed it. And I, that's a bit sad. They, they were not free to go in any restaurant in Japan mm. because of COVID at that time. Mm -hmm. And we've seen some uh, article in the think New York Times, Washington Post about how Japanese convenience are so much better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. There's like interesting thing to eat there and to, to discover, but if you're in Japan, you definitely need to, you know, it's been maybe if you rent like an apartment or Airbnb, uh, if you have a small kitchen in your hotel, go, not go, don't go to a company, but go in a, in a supermarket, buy some good meat, uh, some fish and, and cook at home. Mm. Maybe you can spend maybe even less than buying food in a company and have a good meal. Mm. So that that's your suggestion for people wanting to try some foods when they're in Japan to not just exclusively go to kombini but maybe try working with actual raw ingredients as well <laughs> yes definitely mm. I mean you know yeah convenience stores are very convenient in Japan you can pay a lot of uh, taxis you can pay a lot of things there you can ship uh, things you, you you sold online on Mercury you can buy a lot of different food and newspaper and magazine and anything that you know like batteries because you have to get some batteries at midnight yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason so that's of course very convenient mm. but don't say that convenient food is you know it's not healthy probably not mm. uh, you don't yeah so yeah mm. so you want to push back a little bit against a bit this, this about, hype overhype mm. convenient yes yeah i think um, for many young Japanese people too who maybe live in a dorm or live in a very small apartment which is common you know you don't have a lot of space to cook so what ends up happening is you just will eat mainly kombini meals which mm. over the long run is not good for you um, and yeah I mean I, I I think it's also a problem of you know Japanese infrastructure too like I, I wish that there was more spacious um, housing for younger mm. people that's more affordable, you know, where they can have the luxury to cook for themselves as well. But, that's true, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I have lived in a very small apartment in Kyoto as well, and I, I used to cook a lot, actually, in, in there. Mm. I mean, if you, you, you go to when you don't know what to eat, you go to Kombini, and at lunch, you know, they have so many different types of food you can buy there. Um, onigiri, some spaghetti, uh, like donburi, uh, every kind of, kind of the same thing you can find in in any restaurant in Japan for lunch, and but it costs goyakuyen like five hundred yen. Mm -hmm. So I understand it's cheap and there's choice, mm -hmm. but the taste isn't that good, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, especially when. Even myself, you know, once, okay, I don't know what to eat. I don't know where to go. Mm. You know, you buy like a, a curry or like some spaghettis and yeah, no, no, <laughs> bad, <laughs> really bad. Often, often very salty, you know, overly, overly mm. flavored, I think, you know. Yes. Well, I agree. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll, we, there might be some uh, Tell us what you think about a company yeah. in Japan. Yeah. Let us know. I think for many people, when they compare it to the convenience stores of their home countries, then Japan 
Japanese kombini are just fa fabulous, mm. you know. <laughs> so mm. it's also what you're comparing it with. I see. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely try out restaurants. You know, try going to local supermarkets when you're visiting Japan. Don't exclusively mm. go to kombini. <laughs> No, the visiting supermarket in foreign countries is the thing I, I, I love. Mm. <laughs> I really like to visit supermarket and spending like two, three hours. It's the best, it's the best place for me to, to bring some souvenir, uh, you know, some small gift for friends and family. Yes, definitely. Well, I will share... Do you have uh, any unpopular opinion on your side? Okay, yes. So my potentially controversial opinion is that Japanese curry isn't good. Mm. Isn't good like comparing to Indian curry or yeah, like, isn't to, good at all? I have to explain. So what I'm specifically referring to are Japanese curry roux, the, the mm. um, curry roux blocks that you find at supermarkets. Mm. And this, you know, I grew up eating Japanese curry made with these instant, you know, roux. Um, but as I got older, I'm now in my 30s and I think my body is also not happy when I eat something that is like very heavy. And I mm. found that over time when I'm eating, when I make, you know, Japanese curry at home, I often feel very yeah, heavy or mm. just don't feel good like the next day. And, you know, come to find that Japanese curry, about one third of it is oil, palm oil oh, <laughs> or really? lard. Um, and the next ingredient is often flour. So it just is. Yeah. The flavor is delicious. But in terms of the nutritional content and how your body feels afterward, I just had to stop, unfortunately, buying mm. the uh, yeah, grocery store curry roux blocks. Um, okay. And speaking of that, actually, I made curry from Japanese curry from scratch using a recipe from Mark Matsumoto. Um, and I think that was Hello, Mark. <laughs> that's one of his uh, most popular YouTube videos. So for anyone listening, if you want to make Japanese curry on your own and to feel really good afterwards, I'd recommend trying out Mark's recipe. He also just posted a new recipe on making kimakare, which is like a quick mm. curry using ground meat, minced meat. Mm. And that also, you know, provides that delicious Japanese curry flavor, mm. but much quicker. And um, yeah, I think that, that that's a bit mm. healthier too. So that's what okay. I would say. How many, how many spices in, in his recipe? Uh, I think at the time, I just used the esubi kare powder, which that's okay. something you can okay. find in Jap Japanese supermarkets. Yeah, I yeah. recommend that's a great like multi-purpose okay. curry spice blend. But you can also, of course, make your own. And that's something that's popular in Japan too. More people are mm. moving into this spice curry world where they're grinding mm. their own spices and making it with like, you know, coconut milk or a tomato yeah. uh, puree base. So, But you made a roux, right? So you use ah, flour. Yes, yeah. you, you just use yeah butter and flour. And, you know, you okay. don't need to use tons and tons of uh, fat, yeah. you know, when you make your own I roux. See. So. And can you, instead of flour, mm. can you use like rice flour? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm not mm. sure if you can make a roux with... Because I, I always have some and try to add, yeah, you know, like if 50-50, you know, rice flour and normal flour. Oh. Or maybe something to try as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Mm. I know also um, Namiko Chan of Just One Cookbook. She also has a recipe to make your own okay. curry roux blocks. Nice. So yeah, I've seen that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so you don't go to Koko Ichiban Kare, this curry 
chain tan in、I、Japan? I don't. I think, I mean, I've, I've, I have gone in the past, but yeah,、mm. I think my preference now is just for lighter curries that I can make.、Um, I also、mm. really love soup kare, which is a Hokkaido、okay. style,、yeah. like a soup broth type. It used to be a trend, I think, 10 years ago, everywhere in Japan. Yeah. Yep. And it completely faded now. Yeah, I, I, there are still some soup curry restaurants in other parts of Japan, but I think it's not、yeah. as super popular as it was then.、Mm. Interesting. <laughs> okay,、um, to wrap, wrap things up, I wanted to ask you, Thomas, if you have any recommendations for like any media related to Japanese food or、um, restaurants、mm. that you would recommend to our listeners. Um, so, actually, I don't know if I can recommend them because I haven't been there yet.、Okay. <laughs> But, you know, I was watching、uh, a couple of months ago on Netflix、uh, Chef, Chef,、mm. Chef Tables、mm-hmm. uh, about pizza.、Mm. And there's one episode about Monk, which is a restaurant in Kyoto, I think, in some of the Tetsugaku no Michi, so Philosopher Path、mm. on, in Kyoto.、Mm-hmm. And I thought it like very surprising, like the chef is. Really、uh, using like local ingredients and Japanese techniques to make really nice, beautiful pizza.、Mm. And I think this, this chef used to work at Noma, maybe not, not a long time, but he, he worked at Noma. And there's another chef in Kyoto,、uh, Chef of Lua, who is also like used to work at Noma. And like this year, Noma is doing a pop up in Kyoto, what we're gonna start next month, I think.、Mm. So, and you've seen like all this.、Um, Influence and, and peop- chef,、uh, you know, like moving to Kyoto to open the restaurant.、Mm. I think it's fascinating and it, it tells us how many, how Kyoto is great, a great city to be in.、Mm. We have like very, we have, you know, good,、uh, cheap option to eat. And it's also very expensive and very trendy, very nice uh,、um, uh, aesthetically and,、um, you know, Special as restaurant here to, to, to eat there. So、mm. it, I, I think it's fascinating to, to see that happening here now. Yeah. Because I don't think it, it happened like 20 years ago.、Mm. There's always like some, even I know like、um, some very famous French chef coming、uh, back to Kyoto like many times to learn about the techniques.、Mm. But now like you have actually、um, this young chef who used to work in famous restaurants. Noma, who was in Denmark,、uh, moving to Kyoto、um, to open their own restaurant. Even if they are not Japanese, but they are not originally from Kyoto, they want to move here、mm. uh, to, to, to have a restaurant. I think it, it's, it's interesting. It's a good, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, the, it's connecting, you know, connecting with the outer world and a lot of exciting new energy too in the, in the food world in Kyoto for such、mm. a Small city, yeah, it's pretty remarkable.、Yeah. And so, talking about Netflix, you have you watched Makanai? Yes, I was mentioning to you that I've been really enjoying the Netflix show Makanai recently.、Mm. I haven't finished it all yet, I'm still watching it, but I would、Same. recommend this to anyone who you know wants to travel to Japan but can't make it there yet. If you want to kind of transport yourself to Kyoto, this is a great、mm. show. If you love cooking and food. You're gonna get really hungry <laughs> watching it. There's a lot of beautiful food、uh, featured in, in this show. It's about a、uh, 
two girls who travel to Kyoto to apprentice to become Maiko, to the uh, apprentice geisha or geiko. Um, and one of them um, is not cut out to be a Maiko, mm. so she becomes the live-in cook for the household. And it's just a really charming show uh, about friendship and food and also you really get a good sense of kyoto as well i think yeah you you see kyoto i think all i've not i haven't seen all the episodes yet but i think that they took that in during the summer right all the episodes oh the, there's they go through the different seasons actually so there's oh, also really? like a setsubun okay. episode which is okay february 3rd coming up tomorrow and also yep. like new year's so you get a kind of the whole okay year. i haven't seen yeah. that much great I've seen one in the summer and yeah, summer in Kyoto, it can be like very hot, but yeah. it's also a very nice uh, place to be, uh, to cool down as well here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, mm. directed or co-written, co I think, by um, Koreeda Hirokazu, so it's really good um, quality. Um, mm. Yeah. It's 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 a bit different from like, a, you know, like the in drama you got on NHK or like over Japanese TV. We where <clears throat> actors don't uh, don't really act like you can expect in a Western drama, uh -huh. but still it's a very Japanese way of, yeah, kind of it, it's closer, I, I think it's closer to a Japanese drama than a Western mm -hmm. drama. Uh, if you're into Japanese, if you want, if you are nostalgic about Kyoto, you will love it. Yeah, yeah. It's based mm -hmm. on a manga, so it's just kind of like okay. charming... Uh, you know, not a not a huge amount of, of drama, I would say, mm. but it's uh, kind of a light and comforting show to watch. So, okay. And uh, speaking of that, actually, just one cookbook, um, uh, Namiko put a great guide to the show, and she has recipes for all the food featured in the show. So, if you're Ooh. curious about that, go check that out as well. Oh, that's a good thing. Yeah, great. All right, and lastly, we always ask our guests what their dream oh. bento is so let's finish off with this question thomas what is your yeah. dream bento katsukare bento no joking <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah normal like basic you know rice and on the top some pork or chicken cats mm. would be like i'd be happy with that yes and some dessert maybe a piece of cheese as well oh cheese okay that's yes, the french yes, yes. twist to it yeah exactly i mean <laughs> Every time I go to a teishoku, you know, I f I'm full, mm. but there's always something missing. Huh. I, I don't have, I mean, I need a dessert ah, <laughs> okay. after lunch. I need something to finish. Ah. Cheese also is good. Okay. Something, it may be like uh, cheese or, or something sweet at the end. Mm. So even in my bento, I'm going to, yeah, try to add some, you know, fruits or like maybe a, a piece of cake. If I have a cake at home, I'm going to cut it in a way that it fit inside the box mm, nice <laughs> important how about so you that's the thomas bento yeah uh for me i would say kimpa bento so that's okay. the korean um seaweed rice rolls with mm. different fillings inside and i i say that because i grew up having a lot of korean classmates and when we went to a field trip like in elementary school i remember um, some of the moms would bring a kimpa bento and then share it with okay. everyone. And that was my first experience eating kimpa and it was so good. And, okay. you know, just the combination of flavors, the sesame oil, the, um, the meat and the, mm. the radish pickle and the different vegetables. It's 
so good and it, you know it's a bit special it looks beautiful mm. it takes a bit of effort to make so i don't usually make it I, i've made it maybe once last <laughs> year but uh, it's not something i make regularly so it's kind of like a special thing mm. that i enjoy yeah sounds lunch. delicious yeah <laughs> great thank you thank you thomas thanks all right well next time we'll have a guest and we will um share that soon with you all as well but thank you yep. for listening again to the japanese food podcast thank you bye thanks for listening to this episode of japanese food this podcast is brought to you by bento and co and is produced by julianne picardle and thomas bertrand if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. To stay up to date with the podcast, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Japanese Food Pod. 